Okay. So by way of review, we have over the past few weeks been looking at and building a foundational model for discipleship, that is becoming disciples of Jesus Christ who disciple others to become disciples of Jesus Christ. As Jesus builds his church in the midst of our discipling activities. I want to highlight an important point here, a fact I'm sure we all know, but often lose sight of as we're walking in the way. I think this extends into a lot of areas. It's this, as stated a moment ago, disciples of Jesus Christ. And in the title of today's talk, Feed My Sheep, Feed My Sheep which was the charge given to Peter by the resurrected Jesus as he healed and delivered Peter from self-condemnation. Peter's three denials of Jesus. Let us not lose sight of the fact that those whom we disciple, both ourselves and those we connect with in the church and in the world, belong to him. They are not our disciples. They are his. They are not our sheep. They are his. And they are precious in his sight. Let's be careful to treat them with grace, compassion, understanding, patience, kindness, and love. Those whom he entrusts into our care. And this includes ourselves. If you're dealing with any inner thoughts that are self-loathing or self-condemning, then today, right now, right at this point, I want to help you put those thoughts to rest in Christ. The scriptures are very clear on this. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is an old creation, withering away, floundering on the vine. What? No. I get something wrong? I will tell, tell yourself that. Dick's got it all wrong. Right? Because sometimes we live like I just recited something right. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God. It's not from Pastor Dick. It's not from, you know, someone who discipled you. It's from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You know where that happens first? In here. You can come to church all you want. You can talk all the Christianese you want. But when the lights go out and you lay your head on the pillow and these thoughts are whirring in your mind, a whole different world. 
For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So I want to pray for you right now and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the mind of Christ as to who you are in Christ and the value that Christ in you has brought to your life. As I pray, some of you are going to feel his presence. I believe some of you are going to feel warmth or heat or electricity going through your body. Maybe you'll smell a fragrance of his presence. I, I just believe that God this morning, as, as we begin to pray, is going to let his presence be known. He's going to undo the trappings of your own mind today. It's going to be freedom for freedom's sake going on here. So, Father in heaven, again, holy is your name. We pray, let your kingdom come in the person of Holy Spirit to silence the voice of the accuser of the saints, to heal our hearts and minds of all trauma that speaks from our past, any and all lies concerning our worth and value. Jesus, we are more than conquerors in you, and you hold us as beloved sons and daughters of the King of glory. Father, I ask that right now the brightness of that glory would wash away the darkness of self-loathing and self-condemnation from our hearts and minds today. By your great grace and love, by the power of Holy Spirit, as you draw close to us today, in Jesus' name. I'd just like to just pause here and in silence and, and just wait on the Holy Spirit to just, just touch your heart today. And as he points out things or issues, just surrender them to the cross of Christ. Let the old man perish today. Let the new man arise in resurrection power. So if you recall last week, we added to our symbols the element of responsibility in conjunction with the next line in the Lord's Prayer as Jesus taught his disciples to pray, let your will be done. Let your will be done. We talked about the church in China and how the Lord had given them wisdom and discernment to be able to survive during a time of great persecution and not just to survive, but to flourish, to grow, to be empowered, even in the midst of that persecution. The Lord spoke to my heart, and he made this statement to me, more will be accomplished through a multitude of small incremental steps and phases corporately expressed by the whole community than by a few mega moments displayed by a few gifted individuals. As Jesus stated in Matthew 25, 
Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. It's all he's looking for. Faithfulness over a little. I will set you over much. As we go up in prayer, the Father's kingdom comes comes as his express will. We, in turn, see his will done on earth as we walk in obedience to do those things he entrusts us to do. And one of those things he asks us to do is to feed my sheep. So what do you feed spiritual sheep? Remember, Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, but that does not mean he is only teaching them words. No, he is teaching them words that also reveal discipleship skills. Our Father, relational. Who is in heaven, positional. Holy is your name, state of being. Your kingdom come, connectedness. Your will be done, motivation, on earth as in heaven, unity. All of these are aspects of walking in the way with Jesus in his church in a discipleship relationship. So he is teaching us how to pray, what to say, as well as how to live and what to do. So Peter, who was instructed by Jesus to feed my sheep, offers us some insight in Second Peter 1. One, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing. Did you catch that? A faith of equal standing with ours. Who, who's talking? Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, right? Upon this rock, I'll build my church. All of that relational connectedness with the Lord Jesus Christ, one of the intimate three with him the one who know how to insert his foot without tripping too much into his mouth, to those who have obtained faith of equal standing with ours. You have faith equal to the apostle Peter, not because you're special, not because you're so handsome or so lovely or any of that, but by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of, of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You have everything you need in Christ. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of the sinful desire. Now, I love this. Peter doesn't stop there, although he could. I mean, that, that was a mouthful. That's a big statement. You can chew on that for a long time. But he continues by adding on what we looked at last week in our symbols. Symbol six, could you put that up there? Responsibility. Responsibility. All of what he just said is true. All of what he just said is available. It's what God desires to invest in us through Christ in us. 
but symbol six says there is a responsibility in handling truth. And so Peter goes on to instruct us in how to be responsible with what God has granted us in 2 Peter 1.5. He says, so for this very reason, because of all of what I just said, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours, if you take ownership of the qualities of Christ that were invested into you when Christ came into you at that salvation moment, when you called him his and he called you his own. He gave you all that you needed for life and godliness. If you lay hold of these things and call them your own and, and walk in responsibility to develop these qualities in your life, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful. in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as we move on to the next line in Jesus' prayer, he instructs his disciples once again in Matthew 6.11. He says this, Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. So I want to just put everything together that we've, that we've heard from the Lord's Prayer so far in Matthew 6. Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Spiritual sheep live on daily bread. But what does that mean, or better yet, what does that look like? Let's take a walk in the way with Jesus to the bakery and see what they offer for bread. The word bread is used 62 times just in the four Gospels and offers a powerful spiritual metaphor for several spiritual dynamics, starting with Jesus' emergence onto the ministry scene. So let me set the stage for you. Matthew 3.13 says, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill righteousness, all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. I think that's all of the prayer that we've been learning in the last couple of weeks just happened to him. So what did the Father say about Jesus? 
This is my beloved son. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now watch what happens next in Matthew 4, 1 through 3. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, command these stones, command these stones to become loaves of bread. So the first assault of the enemy against Jesus is against his identity. If you are the Son of God, who said he was the Son of God? The Father, right? Sound familiar? Didn't the enemy question what God said in the Garden of Eden? Doesn't the enemy question who you are in Christ every time you believe those self-defaming thoughts in your mind or in your heart? They are lies and they come from the pit of hell. You are a son. You are a daughter of God, beloved by the Father, and anything contrary to that is of the evil one. The challenge is to provide the children's food by means other than by what God has already put in place. That's what the enemy is trying to get you to do. To do by works what God has already enabled you to do by grace. Listen, you cannot earn greater love from God by doing than what he offers to you for being in Christ. I love Jesus' response in Matthew 4, 4. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone. Now I can read this statement in one of two ways. The way we always read it, which says that you need more than bread to survive, and that's true. Or you could ask yourself the question, what else can I do with bread? If it's not just for living. And I'm tending to lean toward the second choice because of what Jesus says next. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And in that, has, he has revealed what the children's bread, what the sheep's bread, that bread come down from heaven really is, and it is the word of God concerning who you are from his reality. Heaven's reality. The kingdom comes to our lives. And so the bread becomes bread for the eater and seed for the sower. And now it becomes a sword in our hand against the enemy. It is written, devil. It is written, was Jesus' response. I am accepted in the beloved. I am a child of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, a redeemed son or daughter, sanctified and destined for eternity in the presence of the risen Christ. The enemy, the devil, picks up stones. But Jesus offers bread. One is for harm, the other is for life, 
and life more abundant. And when we offer bread rather than cast stones of judgment, we defeat the enemy. This adds a whole new perspective on Jesus' dialogue in Matthew 7, 9, when he says this, Oh, which one of you, if his son ask him for bread, will give him a stone? How often is our acceptance and approval of our children, both natural and spiritual, based on their performance? Requirements that we demand. We offer them stones rather than bread. Do things my way and you get my love. Fail and you get my judgment, my disapproval, even my scorn. Do you know how to give good gifts? Bread that feeds? Give it freely. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. I came across this little clip. Some of you may have seen it. It's kind of floating around on Facebook. And I've got to ask you to focus right in because it has subtitles. The language is Thai. But I think it makes a huge statement.
discipleship. The bread is the word of God, the logos. It is written. And here's the equation, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This is the apostle John speaking specifically about Jesus. Couple that with this statement in John 6.33. Jesus is speaking, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives his life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. The word is the bread. Christ in you is the bread of life. Our prayer answered, let your kingdom come. It has come in the person of the king. Feed my sheep. Are you hungry for more of Jesus? <laughs> is there something going on inside of you as of late? A holy expectation that something good is coming. It's time to build our symbols and add to our daily exercise. Number seven, I've made some adjustments. And I, again, I want to go back to this idea of small increments. Be faithful in the little. Don't go for the gusto right away. Right? So um, if this, as it's expressed on this symbol, and this is the first one I'm going to give out, so I think it's important. Could you give these out? Sorry. Little on Mondays. But I've done some some modifications so that you can just get the idea. You don't have to be, you know, full blown on this. In symbol seven, the up. It says every day read scripture. Every week spend an hour. Spend time reading the Bible. Every week spend one hour in listening or con contemplative prayer. I put every day read scripture, every week spend an hour in contemplative listening, or you can begin to connect with your prayer partner for weekly prayer together. So if you've come to a solid decision on who you want your prayer partner to be, begin to make that connection, begin to make a weekly connection with that individual. Uh, you can do that person to person, you can do that uh, on telephone or FaceTiming or by, you know, Facebook. I mean, any model that you want to follow, make it as easy as possible so that you become faithful in doing a little bit and allow the Lord to build this in you. Let him build your faithfulness so that it can grow into something larger. Don't try to do for him what he wants to do in you because we do that all the time. Then we get discouraged because I just don't have the time. You know, you don't understand. Yes, I do. Do a little. Doing too much. Right? The in on this, every day bless someone in your community, in your church. Every week eat a meal with someone in your community. So every day bless through prayer or an act of kindness someone in the church. Right? Your words have incredible power. 
You can be blessing someone's life in the church, and they don't even know it. All of a sudden, things are getting better. You know, they might say to you, gee, you know, things have been really good. I don't understand it. And you just, you know, uh, you don't know, I've been in the closet praying for you, you know, and <laughs> just keep that. You know, I mean, so you don't have to do things. You don't have to really extend yourself other than our Father in heaven. You know, let your kingdom come to, to Joe. You know, I know he's going through a hard time. He, he lost his job, you know, da-da-da-da. You know, just begin to lift that person up in prayer. So uh, every day, bless through prayer or an act of kindness, someone in the church. Every week, share a meal or go out for coffee with someone from the church. Make a connection. Make a weekly connection. You know, we've been having this this dialogue uh, frequently with some, some individuals, you know. I just don't feel like, you know, connected in the church. I don't have any relationships and... Well, are you reaching out? Well, no, you know, I'm really busy. I got kids and I got to do this and I get. Well, it's not everyone else's fault. You know, make a connection. It doesn't have to be big. It can be a phone call. You know, hey, just thinking about you. Got any prayer needs? Can I pray with you right now? I mean, it doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to take them out to T-Bones. Although, if you want to take me out to T-Bones... The out on this is um, every day reflect on where you partnered with or resisted the Holy Spirit. No, oof, that, that's a winger, all right? Every week, eat a meal with someone outside of your community. So two tough ones on that, right? <laughs> Being really honest with the Holy Spirit, like he, he knows when you're not anyway, so you might as well be. Right? And then, then reaching outside your comfort zone. Okay, so... Uh, I've put on the out every day. Think about your relationship with the Holy with Holy Spirit as the active and empowering presence of God in your life. And and based on this sense that I that I have about identity and the importance of that, I, I would even recommend let let that be your dialogue with the Holy Spirit. Would you please just Holy Spirit really uh, reveal to me who I am in Christ, who Christ really is in me? Would you would you bring that? you know, from head knowledge to heart knowledge to life expression. Every week, pray for and bless or connect with someone in your neighborhood or outside of the church. Again, um, you know, you, you don't have to open up your home to, you know, the heroin addicts, uh, the crack house down the street. And, oh, come on up for dinner. I, I keep the cash in the top drawer, you know. You don't have to do that, but... If, if you know someone's got some stuff going on in your neighborhood, you can be praying for them. You can be making connection. Extend yourself out beyond. It's been real interesting. Most of my neighbors know, you know, well, they, they see our household, uh, the traffic that comes in and out, you know, and then we'll disappear. Oh, wh where'd you go, you know? How was your trip? So I've got an instant invite now, and I've been utilizing that since then because they're all aware of the recent trip to Israel. So what I've done is I've extended several invitations. Listen, why don't we come over for dessert? You guys come over for dessert and I'll, I'll show you pictures of Israel and uh, this older couple across the street, not believers, you know, kind of kind of liberal. And, oh, how was your trip? I, I said, oh, it was really good. You know, I went here and in the Bible it says this and it was so powerful. 
oh, really, really, where is that in the Bible? You know, so now, now we're talking about Jesus in the scriptures. Why don't you come over this week? You know, we'll have coffee. Well, I'll take you on a tour of Israel. I'll take you to all these sacred places on my TV. That would be awesome. God will make a way for us to make a way because he is the way. But we've got to be found faithful doing the littles. Okay, so, so modify this. Modify this symbol and make it doable in your life by small increments. I don't think you'll regret it at all. That sound reasonable? Okay. And let's do this. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask you to give us bread day by day. Enough to feed our souls and enough to share with those around us. Lord Jesus, when you, when you saw the multitudes who had come out to hear you, Lord, three days they were sitting there. They were hungry. You said to your disciples, you feed them. Lord, that charge rests on our shoulders today. You're calling us to feed those, the curious, the ones who are coming just to hear what you might have to say. We have bread from heaven to offer. Lord, we ask you to give us an abundance out of the little that we have, that we might accomplish the task that you've set before us. Lord, in, in the church, in our neighborhoods, Lord, in the world at large, Holy Spirit, I, I just know, Lord, you, you, you're moving. You're beginning to move across the face of the earth, oh God, in new and profound ways. You're, you're making a call, Lord, into the nations. You're presenting Jesus in ways that people are just attracted to him. We want to be part of that, oh God. Give us bread for the eaters, oh God. Give us the children's bread. That bread come down from heaven. Give us from your kingdom what we need on earth to do your will. Give us this day our daily bread. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to extend an invitation this morning. If, if Holy Spirit spoke to you or touched you during that prayer time, the beginning of the word,